Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Barnhart, along with author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg. We're here to encourage you wherever you are on your healing journey. In each episode, we will chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you found us. Let us help you find your joy in life. Welcome back to yet another exciting episode of Grief and Rebirth. Hi, Irene. How are you doing today? Hey, Steph. It's morning here in New Jersey, and I couldn't be happier. We have I know. Have we're a fantastic person we're going to be interviewing today. Well, we're jumping across the pond today. We're yeah. that, Well, that's how my, my old roommate, when I lived in Pittsburgh, who was an air marshal who used to fly all the time, used to always say, I'm jumping the pond. So I don't know if that's <laughs> real lingo for saying, you know, heading over across the ocean, but that's how we always refer to it. So, yeah. Um, today we have Susan Nard, are you there, Susan? Yes, I am. I'm listening to you saying across the pond. And actually, <laughs> that. We also, you, but also, we're sitting in a pond at the moment because we have got torrential rain. <laughs> oh, my. So, so it feels like it's in a pond as well. Oh, uh, it's... <laughs> So as the people can hear, we are speaking to Susan Kennard, and she is speaking to us from England, from the United yeah. Kingdom. Yeah. Which is my other secret favorite place in the world. I know, I always got jealous when Bill would go over there to London and, and see it. And it's cute. I mean, it's kind of unrelated, but my son, who's five, actually really loves them because he's obsessed with Paddington. And um, my... Yes, we he, we just saw Paddington 2, and he is just uh-huh. enthralled with it. They're just the most adorable movies. But my uh, landlord from my old apartment, who actually is moving back, she's been in London for five years, and she actually brought him home an authentic London Paddington doll, and it is still one of his favorites. So I have a... So I'm excited to chat today because it's kind of one of my, you know, I, I hold it kind of close to my heart. And I'm curious to hear, because um, I know you said you you still, even though you're there, you work with tons, like 50% of your clientele is still here in America. So, you oh, know, I'm, I'm so curious oh, to hear well. about all this. Yeah. yeah. And I have to say that Susan came to us highly recommended by uh, probably someone who was a client and uh, said you must interview her. She's so impressive. And then we'll have Susan talking about herself. But I'm impressed. She's a trained therapist in psychology and a postgraduate in psychoanalytical observation, which she mixes with her intuitive skills. And Susan, I just love your mission statement from your website, which is my passion is helping you to shift any unwanted emotions, physical problems, and limiting beliefs you may hold so that you can free yourself to transform your beliefs to those of empowerment, accessing the healer within. Tell us about that. Tell us, uh, give us a, give us a, a chat about what you do and um, uh, your story. Go, mm-hmm. Susan. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, so the most important thing I think about the mission statement is to say, um, before I give you a story, is to say that we are our own healer. And one of the things that I emphasize all the time with my clients in any any interviews that I'm on is that I am the channel to allow you to heal yourself. And so I hold the space. And yes, I have lots of tools and I have my team upstairs I work with. But really, you are the one that's healing yourself. And I think we have to remember that because with that comes empowerment and choice. And if we think we're going to go to someone to fix us, 
that's really not empowering and it's probably similar to using allopathic medicine. So um, I like to really talk about that and say that our journey is our own journey of healing and our experience of that will be subjective to whatever we need to do at that time. And then we find people along the way that can support us with that healing journey. And that's how I like to explain to people that, that call me and say, well, how can you help me? Yeah. So it's right. really about healer, our own healer within. I like to say the inner healer within, because it's my belief that we're a soul and a body having a human experience. And so therefore we have all the power and the knowledge within us to actually heal ourselves. So I didn't always think that. I didn't always know that. I, in fact, I'd rather say I didn't remember that. That might be the better thing to say. And uh, I started off my life, and I call it a previous life now, as a psychologist and a psychotherapist, because it seems such a long time ago. I'm 48 now, um, a mum of two, and at 10 and nearly nine, my children. And uh, I was in my very early 20s when I started my journey as a psychologist and a psychotherapist. And I worked in child protection for a very long time on the trauma end of child protection. So I wasn't a social worker. I was somebody who worked with the emotional causal reasons of trauma within a family situation and within children. And My God, that I is loved- so challenging. Wow, Susan, yeah, you I must have encountered horrible situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't realize then, it's really interesting how your journey expands and, and, and travels because I didn't realize then that what I was experiencing over those many, many, many years, probably 10 years of working in that field and traffic children and doing assessments with children that were brought under a lorry, you know, coming into England uh, from all the different countries uh, and given passports that all had one, one and then a guest date of their year. I mean, these children were just really, really suffering um, and abused and, and, and used for many different purposes. And I didn't realize then that actually this was a platform for me to actually help people 20 years later in the way that I do. So it's quite interesting how our journeys um, expand and change, don't they? And you think at one point, oh, this is what I'm meant to be doing as a psychologist. But actually then 20 years later, I'm still working with trauma and abuse and inner child and lots of uh, traumatic experiences that people have experienced along the way. But this time I'm working very much on an energetic level. So I'm helping them heal from the cellular level vibrationally, which is so much more powerful than what we used to do, which was to trawl out, you know, with psychotherapy and and really talk about what we knew when really what we don't know is where our healing journey begins. How did this intuitive piece kick in for you and how do you... Go about, how is it different now when someone comes to you and you're treating them, like be it a, a parent or a child or whatever, with this intuitive piece? Yeah. So, so it was sort of 20 odd years ago. I had an experience where I was working in uh, child protection and I had uh, a friend who, who used to be an old boyfriend who took his life and he came to me one night. Now, I'd never had any experience of anything psychic or spiritual. I kind of knew there was something else in the sense of astrology and and energy, but I really didn't know or I hadn't remembered, I suppose I could say. And he came to me one night and it was like someone was in the room with me 
And then for months afterwards, I, I couldn't have the, I had to sleep with the light on. I had to have the radio on. I was so scared that that was going to happen again. And I was going to be, you know, in this situation where someone had come into the room. And so I had a reading with someone and I'd never had a reading in my life. And uh, they said to me all the things that no one else knew about Martin and myself. That's when we were together the travels we went on, uh, all the experiences we had, and no one knew about them. They were personal to me. And of course, I was in tears at that time. And I just said, well, how do you know all of this? And she said to me, well, he's standing here telling me. And he also told me that he visited you uh, to let you know that he was okay. And of course, then the penny dropped and I realized that there was so much more to life than there was. But I didn't think anything of it, even though she said to me, you could be doing this. And I said, no, I'm not interested. I'm a psychologist. You know, I was very much the scientist and I wanted evidence of everything. And I think that's good in a way, because what it's led me to know now (laughs) is that I'm very much evidence based. So the way that I work with people, I only use processes that I feel that absolutely really help people. So um, I'm very like the science meets the spiritual so I'm a spiritual scientist, I call myself. I think but that's yeah, wonderful, that's, though, because so many people yeah. are skeptical when you bring in that oh, yeah. from the I real agree. world. That's me. I, I always need You're talking to, to be able to figure it out. <laughs> totally. And the thing is for me is that if, if this is a shortened version, because yeah, we've only got a, a short amount of time in this interview, but essentially if I hadn't have seen spirit, this was my journey. So I, I kind of learned about it. I did transcendental meditation. It opened up a whole world to me. I read a library of books because I wanted to know the facts about this, about your soul, about consciousness. And I went on many, many workshops. And if I hadn't have actually seen spirit, I wouldn't have ever believed it. So I think I was given that gift of clairvoyance and clairaudience and clairsentience so that I could have all of that so they, they so I wouldn't go off my track because I certainly would not have done it I would not have contacted my guides or spoken to them if I hadn't have trusted that I could see it and so that mm-hmm. you know that's a real shortened version to me but essentially now what happens is I work with many beings of light <laughs> I work with um the galactic guides now I work with my guides my team of guidance that step in. I do light language. I sing tones. I use uh, my psychology. I use my psychotherapy. I work with inner child. I've, I've developed lots of processes with with my team of guidance upstairs to work with post traumatic stress uh, disorder we call here, so PTSD. And uh, I don't need to know anything about somebody. And the reason why that came about was because I worked with veterans for quite a long time, and the veterans have just trawled out their whole story um, with doctors and psychiatrists and they really didn't want to do that and what they wanted to do was just heal themselves but not have to tell me anything and so these processes were created because of that and I use these on a daily basis with clients because we don't know what we don't know and over here we have sheds I don't know if you have sheds in the garden in in America but we call it a Mm -hmm. shed Mm-hmm. And I call that the back of our mind. So the shed is, is like the back of our mind, and we put everything in the back of our shed. Would you call and that most, the subconscious? Would you call that the subconscious? Yeah. And okay. so with the reptilian uh, brain, it's the, it's the brain without language. So quite often it's pre-verbal, which means quite often it's epigenetic. It's brought in with us. 
it's not even hours half of the time it can be past life if people you know want to believe that but actually looking at it scientifically we know that epigenetically we bring in thought form from our parents and our ancestors mm-hmm. so even if we didn't believe in anything spiritual scientifically evidence-based that we bring that in not only on our genetics but in our thought forms as well so if we're looking at the back of our shed we've often got in it somebody else's bike pots and pans tools for the garden and half of them are not even ours and so what what the work I do is help people to release all of that unwanted energy which is thought form which creates belief systems that are held within the energy field in the body so of course when we're holding these messages in our body they are just messages of thought and most of the time we don't know what that thought is but what I stumbled upon which is really interesting for me is that when we have a message in our body if we're looking at what what our body is trying to tell us or our mind is trying to tell us often it's because we felt a disconnect and what I mean by that is we've had a shock or a trauma along the way And we felt disconnected to source or to our inner guidance, let's say. And so when we felt that disconnect, and I stumbled upon this a a few years ago, and I noticed that when we healed that disconnect that we felt as a child or a baby, then actually we started to become much more centered and able to manifest and create amazing things in our life. But also we didn't feel alone. So what I was watching with my clients was not only were they changing, they might change jobs, relationships, everything kind of changed around them, but they also felt very calm within and that they were not on their own, that they didn't live that life of feeling that they had to have somebody with them all the time to make sure they felt okay. And it was this feeling of connected to the beingness of who they are, that Hmm. real sort soul part of them I suppose we could say and so I stumbled upon that when working with trauma and I realized that when we can heal that part of us that never was disconnected but that we felt was disconnected we become so much more the best version of who we are and that's just an absolute dream to watch happen with people how they change their lives and the light goes on and I love to see that light go on (laughs) hold on I have one real quick question because as a mom myself and I know you say you work with a lot of these children um you know I have well I mean I have a lot of mom listeners out here and I mean I feel like especially in the world today as moms we have this enormous pressure that never you know I don't want to say didn't exist but I mean the pressure to be a perfect mom to do everything is just enormous these days and I feel like we always feel like we're falling short and I you know I know you say you work with children but so I'm just curious like as moms and to maybe give them a little comfort or as a reason you know to want to talk to you too is you know how can we kind of make sure that we're doing everything we can to be you know, helpful for our children, you know, and how do we know signs and, you know, if maybe they do need some help? Because I don't feel that kids can express themselves, you know, as much as adults and understand their feelings. And, you know, sometimes I know we always worry about that. Like, and, you know, is yeah. are there, their boundaries down or, you know, with spirit and, you know, how can we kind of help them? Because like you said, children can't really um, also ask for the help or know to be empowering for themselves. Yeah, it's a brilliant question. Absolutely brilliant. And what 
I would say the most important thing is to heal yourself. And if you imagine that you're maybe the hub of the family, yeah, I am. I'm mm-hmm. a single mom with two children, um, a mm-hmm. daughter, 10, and a son who's nearly nine. And I became uh, a single parent eight years ago when they were really little. So they were toddlers and babies. And the most important thing that I've found, and working with mums, of course, as well, is that when we help ourselves, when we heal ourselves, when we actually become the vibrational equivalent of love for ourselves, self-love, our children are showing us a different message. And what they do for us is they represent what emotions are going on within us. This is what I found. So if your child is, um, let's just say, being, I was just coming out of the top of my head here intuitionally, being bullied at school or not able to make relationships or whatever, mm-hmm. really look at you. Look at yourself as a mother, as a parent, and say, where is it in me that I feel that pain of rejection or that pain of um, hmm. non-acceptance or something like that? And what I've found is I definitely work with children. Okay, I do work with children, and I really help them with many, many tools so they can heal themselves. But the most important thing I feel and what I notice in families when I work with whole families is that when the parents actually are in alignment with who they truly are, let's just say their mission here, mm-hmm. what they chose to do on earth, and mm-hmm. they're the happiest and they feel clear, then the children follow with that. And the reason for that is that they're just beautiful expressions of mirrors for us. <laughs> and yeah. our relationships are well they're a mirror they're amazing but we've also got to remember and, and what, what my guides are saying to me here is to remember that they chose you as a mum or a dad and yeah. they chose to come and experience what they need to experience in this lifetime but they are here to teach us I really believe that they're here to teach us they're much more aware than we are and uh, much finer vibration they've come in on. And they are really the healers for us. And mm-hmm. as I'm, my guides are stepping in and talking, as I'm talking here now, <laughs> sort of like a dialogue that's going on. But essentially what they want me to say is that to take the fear away from worrying about your child's journey and actually really look at yourself. And where was it in your experience that you felt afraid of the future? Not you, Stephanie, I'm, I'm not saying mm-hmm. you, meaning those yeah. listening. You know, right. where was it in that, in your journey that you felt the fear of the future or you, you felt that you couldn't be here in the world because it was too difficult or, you know, all mm-hmm. those different things. That, that's a real nugget. So it's kind of like how they say on, on the plane going down, you've got to put your air mask on first yes. and then your child. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and, and I found that... Go ahead. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. I work with a family unit. I will always, if mum phones me or dad phones me and says, like, I'm really worried about my child, I will talk to them about the child, but I will always work with them first. Mm-hmm. I always work with the parent first. And quite often with birth trauma, and I specialize in birth trauma as well, and quite often with birth trauma, when we can heal mum's experience of birth trauma, the child then heals themselves anyway. Yeah. Now you well, can do all of this, uh, you can do all of this, on the phone also with people it doesn't have to be personally um, Skype and Zoom yeah I mean I, I work uh, as we said at the top of the session you know internationally 50% of my work is international well wow. so. 
Could you give us an example of like a healing that you did or a child that was helped or something that comes to your mind so that people can understand how it works? Okay, yeah. I've got one that I can talk about. Yeah, which obviously with integrity because I don't talk about my cases otherwise. <laughs> but I have a I have a case of a um a child actually. And I did three sessions with her and at the time she was eleven and uh she'd lost her nan and her mum was really struggling as well. She was quite a young mum and she was struggling with the fact that her mum had died and um this young girl was really struggling. So I did some work with her and where I focused was on her hopes and dreams. So we cleared away uh, lots of the, the kind of feelings of grief and sadness and loss. And we helped her with that, but also helped her with what she really wanted in her life, where she could see herself. And one of the things, I have a process called the emotional wall. And essentially the emotional wall is, is, the wall that we put up when we don't feel safe in the world, and it's in our heart. So essentially, this is this is a, a visualization that we can see, and we can see how high our wall is, depending on the emotion that we're working with. So in in this case, uh, she had a wall, and we helped her clear the wall, which is a, such a beautiful process of healing the inner child. And we use angels and magic wands and everything with children. It's really fun. <laughs> um, I'm actually teaching in a couple of weeks' time a course. Uh, to the community to use these processes with their children and mindfulness and EFT and all sorts of things. But one of the things coming to me about this lovely girl was she really wanted to swim and she saw herself over the other side of the wall winning a medal uh, for swimming. And I have to tell you that she has gone on to win many medals for swimming for the UK. And it is just her mother is just, you know, plasters it all over Facebook and she's like, This is my daughter and this is what she's done. <laughs> so just in, in a few sessions, just three sessions, I like to work in threes. And mm-hmm. in three sessions, she was able to clear those memories and thoughts from her energy field so that she could just be the best version of herself. And so children just are so easy to work with because they haven't had that for very long. You know, mm-hmm. they they just had these thoughts and perceptions of belief for a small amount of time. And so it's easy for them to be the shiny, sparkly, best version of themselves much more quickly uh, than mm-hmm. us adults that, you know, have held it and created barriers and walls around us, yeah, to get through life. Uh, but, yeah, for children, it, it, it's just beautiful. But, yeah, I definitely would say that, all of us adults, especially mums and parents and carers, really work on ourselves because this is where the healing begins with the hub of the family and then watch as the children change. I'm bringing in a, a new initiative into schools over here called 60 Seconds of Colour, actually. Um, and the reason why I brought it in, I launched it at a conference uh, last year, European Energy Conference. And the reason why I brought it in was because what I realised was that the teachers were so stressed the top, top-down management was so stressed. So I'm teaching the teachers how to do <coughs> color mindfulness to teach the children mm-hmm. so that the teachers know it, they calm themselves down, and then the children naturally do it in the class three times a day for 20 seconds breathing. And so I'm bringing this initiative here in because it has to start with the one looking after the child rather than so brilliant. just working with the child. Well, I think it's like, you know, a lot of us forget that. Like, I remember, I think it was like a couple years ago, Dove came out with that video where they, um, 
it was amazing. I still cry every time I find it. In fact, I'll put the link in our show notes. But it's, you know, they're interviewing moms and moms are just, you know, asking what they think they do all day and they say these things. And then they interview their children and what their children think of their moms. And then they replay those videos of what the children say about their moms. And you can't not cry. I mean, it's just like, I think my mom is beautiful and she's perfect. And she makes me the best peanut butter jelly sandwich in the entire world. You know what I mean? And the littlest things. And these kids are just so proud and just think their moms are the greatest things in the world. And these mothers are just putting themselves down. Like, you know, I didn't have time to get the right peanut butter. You know what I mean? And I didn't shower today. And you hear all the negativity and the sadness in these moms. And then they watch that none of that matters, that these children just have them on this pedestal. And it's just like, it's such a reminder. And I think, you know, that's such a good thing, especially on like today's Valentine's Day, right? And it's just like, I I think one of the mainest things is to just really, like, I think the overall meaning here is just self-love, that we don't give ourselves enough credit. And that once, like you're saying, we can reflect on ourselves to be that kind of role model that our children see, like that we have to see ourselves through their eyes more and understand that we're just our, you know, our world's worst critic and we're so hard on ourselves and we shouldn't be. One of so, the I love that. I get my clients to do when I start working with them is to, uh, actually all my face-to-face clients, I give them this gift, but I give them a gratitude journal. And um, while we're working together, I ask them every day to write down three things that they love about themselves. And what's coming to me actually on this beautiful day of love, <laughs> and self-love, for perhaps everybody listening to do that, you know, have buy themselves a little gratitude journal, a tiny little book that's just for gratitude, and to write every day three things that they're grateful for for themselves, just for themselves, not for the world or their children, but just for themselves. And also, um, yeah, my guides are saying to me another thing: if if your body is showing you a message. Uh, so, so there's, there's, you know, maybe bad back or a headache or whatever your body's showing you, maybe overweight, underweight, whatever it might be. To write a love letter to your body. This is what my guides are just telling me now. So I Cute. didn't know yeah. that they were going to say this. Saying, <laughs> write, write a love letter to your body. How much you love your body. How much you love, you know, whatever it is. And to write that love letter to your body. And if your body is just not showing you those messages, write a love letter <laughs> to yourself as if you are a lover. And they're telling me that. That's really beautiful. Thanks, God. That is beautiful. (laughs) Because most of us walk around complaining, I hurt here, I hurt there. But how about the things that that your body does for you that you don't even think think about? about. Yeah, no, I think that's a great, that's a great joy tip, I think, especially for, like you said, for this lovely love day. And I think everybody should get a gratitude journal. I'm going to, I think I might start that. Irene, what are you going to do? I agree. I could not agree more. I think think we should do it. And then when we see each other, we can, we can, we can kind of read a couple off because then we'll be able to see our compliments and positive. I think it'd be cute. I mean, it's probably personal, but I think it would be nice to kind of. You know, and if somebody finds that too hard, then what I start with, you know, some of the people come and they've been on medication for many years, antidepressants, things like that, um, and they're really in a in a place of not feeling emotion because it's been <clears throat> so long. I get them mm-hmm. to just do gratitude of things outside in the garden or gratitude of their animal or, you know, if it's too difficult to do gratitude of loving themselves, then I get them to start with, I'm grateful for my warm house or I'm grateful for my garden or I'm grateful for the trees or and it starts us um with 
an attitude of gratitude, which is funny, but also going to bed on gratitude is a beautiful vibration because we then wake up on gratitude mm-hmm. when we go to sleep on gratitude. And, and that really helps people sleep better because they're actually thinking about something positive as the Irene that's for you right there that's right for me absolutely (laughs) (laughs) and I have so much to be grateful for do you have a specific tip as people are listening uh, for finding joy in life Uh, or would you say it's this gratitude journal or something in addition to that I think I think it's as Stephanie was saying it's about self-love and so what I what I do for myself is I'm very aware that I balance my life with my time with my children my time with my clients my time with Bikram yoga (laughs) I have a relationship with Bikram yoga I love it and I have a relationship with a bath and candles and lavender oil and I find that what's really important is to balance your life and love yourself because I'm a better mum to my children if I can actually do the things that care for me If I literally was just a mum with my children and didn't do the work that I do, which I absolutely love and it's my passion, or if I didn't do the yoga or if I didn't spend the time perhaps going away on a course that I choose to do, then I would not be the same mother for them. And I think it's really important to love yourself and remember just those those little bits and pieces that perhaps it might be sit down for five moments and just have your cup of tea. That's very English, I know. But have your <laughs> cup of tea and sit with it and do your gratitude journal. But um, one of the, the things that I get all my clients to do is um, the Earth Star, Soul Star meditation. And I can't remember, did I do it on the recording? Did, you, did I do we that? We do have a recording of your meditation. And Steph, uh-huh. were we yeah. going to um, yeah. uh, offer that to people? Yes, uh, we're going to have it. We're going to put it in with the newsletters and on the website where people can just download that, yes, for free yeah. and, give, and, and try it. Uh, Facebook lives and I do I have a YouTube channel just under my name everything's under my name Susan Kennard so people can find me anywhere they want to find me but mm-hmm. essentially to ground with the earth star and the soul star is really really important because we have to be grounded in the earth and connected lots of people are just connected and not grounded in their body and grounded mm-hmm. in this human experience uh, now, during your meditation, you may, you have certain sounds, and those are vibrational sounds that I, I heard you chanting, and there are certain sounds, and those are yeah. certain vibrational sounds during the meditation to achieve something or to... Yes, to, so okay. it's about aligning. So this particular one is about aligning with your mission. So uh, the Palladians uh, are a galactic uh, family I work with. So the Palladian Collective and the Acturians and Source Energy, and there are many different tones that come through that are singing tones or a little bit of light language but singing tones mainly mainly and what that does is vibrates the cells and releases the unwanted emotion so basically um, it's a lot of things like resentment and things like that that we hold we don't even know that we hold and so when we hold resentment and anger it's quite difficult to be in alignment with love and our mission so what they like to work with a lot is healing those vibrations within us so that we can be we can emit in our in our heart field pure love so therefore then we attract more loving things into our experience so the light language has only been around with me the last year it's very new uh, and it's as you raise your vibration more and more and more 
you become more in alignment with the gifts that you chose to bring in this time. And so I feel that the light language was just another level to help people heal, to be more in alignment with the fifth dimension that we're in now, mm-hmm. uh, rather than the third dimensional living that, that we were in before. So all these eclipses and amazing, in fact, I think tomorrow is a uh, solar eclipse and a new moon. And last week it was, uh, or the week before it was <coughs> moon, total eclipse. I mean, amazing uh, energies going on in the universe. And so we're having to raise our vibration to be in alignment with that. So I think they're speeding everyone up, which is great. Yes, so we're, I love we're, it. We're higher vibration. Foods perhaps don't suit people anymore, particular foods, alcohol sometimes with people. You know, we're, we're actually realizing that our bodies are a vibration. And so we perhaps can't have the same things that we might have had before. They don't agree with us in the same way as we become a lighter vibration. Mm-hmm. So love is all there is and it's fear or love and I'd rather be in the love than fear. So, you know, all my work is around achieving actually that sense of self-love on a deeper level all of the time. And that's what I work with. So even if somebody is presenting with um, a label of cancer or anything, really a message that the body's showing, I know that it's about self-love. And I know that this is an incredible experience for them to step on to self-love. So it's, it's being shown to us for a reason. Well, that's great. I'm glad we had such a nice little chat today. I feel so empowered to be self-loving more to myself. I'm literally going to go get a great gratitude journal right now only get off the phone so I can uh, <laughs> go buy one. Um, but Susan, can you give us a link to your website really quick before we, before we go? Yeah, so it's uh, susankennard.co.uk. So it's Susan, just as you spell Susan, and then Kennard is K-E-N-N-A-R-D, and that's .co.uk. But if you just if they just put into Google my name, mm-hmm. then it will come up. And I've got practices in London and Sussex, and and obviously work on uh, Skype and and Zoom. So there's many ways that people can work with me. Um, they can also come on some courses if they want to in England. If anyone wants to fly over and come on a course, that would be lovely. Be lovely. <laughs> well, you never know. I do like it over there. So maybe one day <laughs> soon we'll be heading over and I'll, I'll have to give you a call. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll definitely put all these links on our site. I'm going to include uh, the download as well for the meditations to for them to try that out. And um, yeah. Everybody get your gratitude journal for Valentine's Day. What a perfect idea. I love it. Happy Valentine's. Whatever you're Happy doing. Valentine's Day to you, Susan. You've brought so much love to so many people today. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you to everyone listening. And embrace when you see someone in love. Just embrace it and go, that's for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good well, tip, too. It is. Well, thanks for joining us today. It's um Another episode here on Valentine's Day of our grief and rebirth. Very um, uplifting and empowering and self-loving today. So we hope you all listen. And if you have questions, you can always reach out to us. This is Stephanie. And goodbye, Irene. Irene. Bye, Susan. Thank you, Susan, so much. Thank you. Much love. Bye-bye. Much love. 